3: Welcome to, what well, old Queen? A candid and adult take on queer life quandaries at a certain age, so please listen at your own discretion. Presented by Bernie and Tommy, the views here are purely those of the content providers and in no way reflect those of any service you may hear this program on. Now, please let your ears be upstanding for the <coughs> Old queen. Here's to over and over 1,000 <laughs> downloads of mm. our silly little podcast. Mm. Yeah, you know, it's a new year, it's a mm. new decade. Mm. What are your hopes for the new year, new decade, mm. Tommy? Well, I've got, uh, you know, personal ones. Yeah.
0: Socially, political ones. hmm. Global ones. Okay, where do I start?
3: <laughs> We've only got an hour, <laughs> <laughs> so um, I don't know where, where. Where would you like to start? I feel
0: like today I've been sort of very, very insular and in my own thoughts, and sort of slightly melancholic and kind mm. of withdrawn. All those kind of things, and you- I've le- Haven't left the house.
3: Right, but don't you think that's after Christmas? It's kind of a bit like that.
0: Yeah, I think it is to do with that. Although, also, it it's a typical Sunday, isn't it?
3: Yeah, it's slightly anticlimactic mm. as well. Yeah, um, and it's midwinter. Oh, do you know what? I was as I was walking here, I was thinking I'm, I'm kind of done with winter now. Mm. <laughs> I quite like it to be day longer days mm. and a bit warmer. I mean, we've we've passed that midpoint now, so it should get better, but.
0: I think we're all hankering for change. But yeah. also I don't really know what change I want.
3: Yeah, well I think we all, I think everybody feels a bit like that. Mm. So, definitely at a certain age. Mm. I mean I felt like that for quite a few years now that mm. something needs to change. Um and sometimes making I mean we get in our heads and sometimes it feels like we need to make drastic changes. Mm. But actually, sometimes making smaller changes can kind of have a domino effect and, mm. and change the rest of your life in some way. Mm. And you don't have to make massive changes. Mm. I mean, when
0: I apply for Arts Council funding, you always have to use these phrases like, this is a massive step change for me. Because they just want to have something that's new. Right. But I guess that's the human condition as well. It's like wanting... Wanting a big change.
3: Well, everything's ever changing, isn't Mm. it? It's also our last episode of this season. Yeah. So...
0: We could be completely different people by next
3: season. By (laughs) next season. (laughs) We could be completely different people. Mm. Um, The format might change as well. Mm. Uh, I definitely think we could do with some more guests. I've quite liked having the guests Mm. on over the last season. Yeah, I've
0: got some ideas.
3: Yeah, me too. And, um, but what have, have, have there been any highlights for you since we've been recording?
0: Of, of the podcast? Yeah. Um, like, I love having all the boys on the sofa. <laughs> that was fun. <laughs> that was really fun. I don't know what it was like to listen to it. As you know, I don't listen to it. <laughs>
3: um, well, you should just, even if you put it on silent, because it just bumps <laughs> our listener figures up. But, <laughs> okay. you know. um yeah uh no that it sounded great actually it was a little bit chaotic at times but actually it was yeah it was really good fun
0: and that really brought home like the great job that you do in editing everyone down like to make it like a short concise thing
3: yeah well we didn't record for that long or did we i can't remember well, a lot of them we do. <laughs> a lot yeah. of them we did. We did with Ryan which was also a good a good episode, which was he was kind of our first guest in a way in the studio. Um but we had a very long session with Ryan, bless him. Who rang me and said that he liked the podcast. Oh did he? Yeah, he said he loved it. So oh. he had really good fun with it. So uh so that's good. Yeah, so more more guests. Mm. And maybe you know, who knows, maybe a live audience one day. Yeah. You I mean there's
0: room for plenty in here. In my flat.
3: <laughs> <laughs> so we have got some regular features. Um this is the last episode. I might do another episode with our best bits. Oh yeah. That we've well it'll be bits we've left out and maybe some some favorites. best bits mm. from some favourites. I mean season. when
0: you think about the um, kinky blinks mm. I wonder how how long that list is how many kinks have we got through and are there still a myriad left
3: well there is a myriad left and um, so <clears> we've got some more material coming I mean there in. was one episode where we did like 30 <laughs> I don't think we did all of them I did cut some of them out but we did a huge amount,
0: and there was one weekend that I just
3: did all of <laughs> <earlier> them, <than. laughs> but that's between you, me, and the bedpost. So, <laughs> um, but I, w- I was thinking that we might because we're miss because c- we're going to have a couple of months off, mm. we're going to miss LGBTQ plus history month, oh, yeah, which is February. Mm. So, I thought Kinky Blink's day could have a little historical aspect to it Mm. and um, does it involve wearing period costumes (laughs) it could do Mm. (laughs) well uh, it all kind of stemmed from this guy on Grindr um, messaged me out of the blue and said I look like Edward (laughs) the (laughs) seventh and do you (laughs) well
0: (laughs) Edward the seventh is that the one that was married to Queen Victoria no, no, that's Albert.
3: No, so he was Queen Victoria's son. Yes. And, and he he was a bit of a cad. Well, he was Naughty Prince Bertie. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm Naughty Prince Bernie. <laughs> and I think I've got a picture of him here.
0: Yeah, and he was rumoured to be the, um,
3: not the Yorkshire Ripper. Jack the Ripper. Jack the Ripper, yeah. Oh, really? Oh, maybe oh. I'm I like Jack the Ripper. So that's what he looks like. Oh, uh, yeah. With a cigar and a jaunty Yeah, I've seen you in that top look. Hat. <laughs> I have had that look. I might adopt it permanently, yeah. <laughs> I think. But he was reputed to have a sex chair. So there was a brothel called Le Chabanet. Mm. And it was one of the most exclusive in Paris in the, um, in the 1880s. And it was a favourite haunt of Bertie the oldest son of Queen Victoria, who would go on to become King Edward VII. He spent so much time... I t- keep thinking of Cap- Kate Bush's Bertie. You know,
0: <laughs> lovely Bertie. <laughs> I, find, like, I love Kate Bush, but I find that song quite nauseating. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm. and he was naughty Bertie, mm. I think. Mm.
3: <laughs> and he spent so much time in the brothel um, that he had a special love seat made for him, which was used to support his considerable weight... Oh, this is why he thought I looked like him. (laughs) As he boned a series of French courtesans. So, um, do you think they'd do that for you in the lads' locker room? I've never been to the lads' locker room. So, I I mean, maybe my first time I'll bring my own seat. So, so have a look at this chair. How do you think he uses that? Ooh, Well, I
0: would say that he would like to be penetrated in... With that sort of way that you could move your body on, I mean, there's a
3: lot of you. You can move around on that chair quite freely. Yeah, well, there's so it looks like there's kind of stirrups and handles, Mm. and I mean, there's a little cushiony bit underneath. I think it's quite beautiful. It's very ornate, isn't it? I don't think it's wiped clean. I'm uh, not sure they had that kind of material in the Victorian times. No. But um But probably
0: the silk is replaceable.
3: The silk is probably replaceable. I mean it's it's gold, gilt, isn't it? It's beautiful. Gilded. Mm. It wouldn't
0: look out of place in my flat. It,
3: it actually wouldn't look out of place <laughs> in your <laughs> flat. <laughs> What's it called? A sex it's, chair? It's called a sex chair. Mm. Yeah, well, it's yeah, Naughty Prince Bertie's sex chair. But anyway, so this, this was included in a number of kind of historical things on BuzzFeed. Mm. Where um, can you see that chair now? Is it in a museum? it's in a museum in Paris mm. but I'm also going to post a picture of it on our Instagram I think people page need to see so it. that they can see it and mm. maybe a picture of Naughty Prince Bertie himself mm. Mm. Uh, or me dressed up as Naughty Prince Bertie <laughs>
0: on the sex chair
3: <laughs> on the on said sex chair mm. <laughs> so it's an in a list of 15 sex facts that your history teacher doesn't teach you mm. and there's a couple of other things in here so how old do you think the oldest dildo is?
0: Oh, Egyptian I would have thought.
3: Well, it goes beyond that, I oh. think. 28,000 years old. So Egyptian is but like I don't really know. 10 to 12,000 years ago.
0: <laughs> I would imagine the Egyptians would have made some beautiful sort of sphinx-handled well-engineered.
3: Yeah, thing. Well, they were, very, they were very advanced, weren't they? So mm. they had men dressing up as women and women... You know, it's it like the, the pharaohs. All very good at engineering. Yeah, they were, I mean, they built the pyramids, allegedly. Mm. So, um, anyway, this... And that's just one big sex chair. <laughs> if you sit on it properly. One big sexual energy, vibrational... Maybe it's just one big dildo. Mm. Um, <laughs> anyway... This ancient stone penis is one of the oldest depictions of male genitalia ever to be discovered. It came from Germany's Holfels Caves and it's around twenty eight thousand years old. Later versions of dildos were covered in leather sheaves to make them softer and warmer, mm. although the word dildo wasn't used until the restoration in a Bawdy British poem about the popularity of imported Italian dildos. Oh. <laughs> but um, yeah, that's what the stone dildo looks like. Mm, I wouldn't, that feels
0: quite cold looking.
3: People like glass dildos mm. as well, don't they? I imagine it's quite good for stiffness. Mm. But um, you probably want something a little bit more natural. Yeah. Natural feeling, but you know if it if it fills a hole, right. So, what about cock rings? Have you worn a cock ring before? <laughs> um, I I have probably
0: worn one once, I think. Yeah, right. It's not something that I would do. And they're regularly. usually made
3: out of.
0: Well, um, the one I had was leather.
3: Yeah, so you can have leather studded mm. ones, Um or you can have metal ones, mm. or they even make them out of silica now. But what do you think the first Cock rings were made out of... Twigs. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> goat eyelashes. Gosh. What's
0: like a... I've never seen really... A goat eyelash. Oh, they're all sewn together.
3: Yeah. They're beautiful. Yeah. So... Uh, Cock rings were commonly used in Jin and Song era China around 1200, and they were made from the eyelids of goats. But goats, so not just the eye, eyelashes. The no. eyelashes is just decoration, really. Yeah, and they kept they kept the eyelashes on. So mm. eyelashes were well, you would, not you? Yeah, <laughs> of course. <laughs> eyelashes were usually left on to add an extra bit of stimulation for the humans involved. That's quite... I mean, I imagine they're quite elastic. Mm. The
0: skin. Yeah. And the eye, the, yeah.
3: But the eyelashes. That's correct. The eyelashes look quite thick on that one.
0: Yeah. I can't remember what a goat's eyelashes look like.
3: <laughs> I don't think I've ever looked at a goat that, that much. I don't... There's, I've got a thing about goats. I don't like goat's cheese. So I don't mind goats. I like goats in the way that
0: they can sort of go up a mountain and I love all of that. that you know, is, they like, they're just like, don't go up there, you'll never come back down again. <laughs> and they
3: seem to just manage it. I know, it's just mm. remarkable, isn't it? I mean, how it's almost like a sheer cliff face. Mm. And I used and to be like that. Up. Did you? <laughs> <laughs> Have you got a cloven hoof?
0: No, oh, okay. not, no. But I did used to do... I used to be able to be all sorts, you know very precarious landscapes and I'd just be right up there Right. and now I think I think that's an age thing, the fear gets you and yeah. then you just can't do it.
3: Yeah I'm definitely mm, although my vertigo it seems to be less these days but I used to get really bad vertigo. Oh well I,
0: d- I didn't have vertigo until I was about 40. <sighs> really? Yeah.
3: Mm. interesting. Yeah.
0: And now every time I get on a High building. I just want. Well, the thing is, I just want to throw myself off. Right. Rather than I think that I i be pushed off or fall
3: off. Right. I just feel compelled to. You have to. You want to jump. Yeah. <laughs> Not without a parachute, Tommy. <laughs> so uh, let's let's move on. I've got a, a couple of other kinky blink things. Um, what do you think people used to use before they had porn? Like. Looking through people's windows? <laughs> probably. Just, yeah, look through your neighbour's window. Like Peeping Tom's. But well, didn't they used to sl- all sleep in one big room anyway? So, yeah. So, you know, probably watching each other all the time. <laughs> but, but on a different level, in medieval France, sex poems were very popular. Oh, okay. So before Pornhub, people were getting their rocks off by listening to travelling players. Before, I mean, you're a travelling player. Mm. This would have been you mm. in medieval France. Composing the sex poems. Composing and Mm. performing the sex poems. Mm. We'll get their rocks off by listening to travelling players performing comic, filthy sex tales Mm. and poems called Fabulo. I mean, that's what I do. (laughs) This is me. This is your career. (laughs) (laughs) And they used to have titles like The Maiden Who Couldn't Hear Fuck, The Night... (laughs) The knight who made cunts and arseholes speak. The priest, the priest who peaked. It's interesting, isn't it?
0: I think But do you, do you remember, like, growing up in the 70s and 80s, like, you would often come across, like, a pornographic magazine that would hid in a hedgerow somewhere. <laughs> yes. Like, that, some, like, you know, the dad that lived, you know, in, on your estate would, like, go for a walk Mm. In the country, yeah, and get his magazine out and have a have his way, and then and then we were always discovering those like
3: all the time. They used know. to be at the end of my street growing up, they used to be like fields, mm. and yeah, there were porn, porn magazines mm. everywhere, pretty much.
0: Things aren't the same anymore. <laughs> <laughs>
3: no. Now people can do it in the privacy of their own home. Yeah. They don't have to go out to the country and yeah. connect with nature to yeah, have a no, ma- to have a wank. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> okay, this is this is a final one. This is a bit of a weird one. So, ancient Roman women and men would use sweat scraped from gladiator skin as an aphrodisiac. I can get behind that. Yeah. Well, I guess they put pheromones and stuff mm. in scent these days, don't they? Well, I do. Yes, and I do like a sweaty man. Yeah. So Romans didn't use soap as they, long as it's fresh sweat. Yeah, you don't want. To I dwell. don't really want. Like, I think this is stale. Oh, okay. Uh, when you hear the explanation, yeah. the ra-
0: that's not for me.
3: <laughs> Maybe not. <I> don't, <laughs> I'm not sure it's for me either. So Romans didn't use soap. They preferred to cover themselves in oil then scrape the accumulated sweat and dirt off themselves with a sharp tool called a strigil. Many aristocratic Roman women and men would have had the hots for a specific gladiator so they would buy their gladiator's body grease and use it as a moisturiser and lubricant. Mm. It's like
0: Japanese schoolgirls' panties. And actually, there's men on Grinder that want your pants.
3: Yeah. Well, people sell them on eBay, mm, don't they? Mm. Not mine. No. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't get very much for yours. Sorry, Tom.
2: <laughs>
3: <laughs> I think we sometimes over-romanticise history, don't we? Mm. Like a lot of people romanticise about ancient Greece or ancient Rome or, or maybe... <laughs> Well, like all those complicated sort of
0: personal relationships, you don't really think of them like that because when you look at something in the past, it feels like it feels much more black and white. But all those kind of like shades of grey and complicated messiness, that doesn't come through when you look back, does it?
3: No. Uh, But also the hygiene. I mean,
0: Mm.
3: (laughs) people were going to... I mean, they were scraping their sweat off Mm. in Roman times. Mm. What, what you get with hotness of you know, scantily clad men mm. uh, and then in terms of maybe pungent smell mm. probably balances out, I would imagine. Mm. Yeah, I don't know if it's for me. Well, it's history, so it's not. It's not, it's not. <laughs> this, yeah. this time is for me and, and maybe some eau de toilette and um, deodorant. You're a man of the moment, Bernie. <laughs> <laughs> Let's hope so. <laughs> All right, well, uh, with that, we will have a little break. And we'll be back after this. So we're back, and um, <clears throat> I've got a couple of things for snack out of it, okay? because I'm used to having like a few things now. For, a sh- for a snack out of it, so and I haven't um, had my tea. You haven't so. had your tea, so um, so these are from uh, these are by serious pig, and I okay. imagine that we have some serious pigs that listen to this podcast. <laughs> so, <laughs> a fair few. oh, but before before we go into into that, so ages ago, I put a little question out to people about what unusual snacks. They snack on, mm. and we had a we had a couple of responses. I, I had a nice. um I went to see Cats, film. <laughs> Did you? I, I so want to go and see yeah, that. It's great. I mean, it's terrible. Yeah, I know, but it's great it's, because it's terrible, yeah, right? It's so bad, it's good. And <laughs> yeah.
0: um, we, I brought gin and tonics and hummus and crisps into the cinema.
3: Right. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I you should were. have
0: brought, like, cat food and milk.
3: <laughs> <laughs> you should have done.
0: And, oh. then, and then I was walking home and I got to the flat and there was a cat waiting outside for me. And I opened the door and it just ran straight in. Wow. And there's never cats around this area. Is this like a thing? Are you now catwoman? Well, I felt like this is my moment to have this cat as mine. And so yeah. I let it in and I thought... Let's just, like, make friends with a cat. And then I thought, well, that's probably someone's cat and they probably wouldn't be very happy with me adopting, so...
3: Yeah, but you know the old saying, don't you? There are there are one million cats in Britain, but there are two million cat owners. Yeah. Because they all have more than one owner. Yeah. Especially where they're going to eat. Um, anyway, I put this, this thing out. I'm not sure there's any feline snacks in this. Although maybe this first one, so... So, Rob Johnston, our friend mm. uh, in Bristol, said he bought and ate some chicken feet from a ferry terminal in China once in sweet chili sauce and shrink wrapped in foil. He looked a bit like Han Solo when he got frozen in <laughs> that time in Star Wars. Not much meat I on them the moment. Would have preferred to have been slurping on Harrison Ford, to be honest. <laughs> oh, Rob. Well. Mm. Um, I always think of Rob snacking on pizzas. I think he likes pizzas. Mm. He was meant to be at our Christmas special, and I know he likes a cheese taster from Mark Suspensers. Oh, okay. So the whole cheesy balls thing Mm. was was done for his Mm. benefit, really, but he couldn't make it, unfortunately. Anyway, and we also got uh, a message on Twitter from a sister podcast in America Mm. called She's Not Doing So Well. Oh, right. That sounds good. (laughs) It does. I've had a little listen. They're quite Mm. fun. Um, it was basically two gay guys just talking nonsense, which sounds a bit like us, really. Mm. Um, and they said that um, their secret snack was Cool Whip, broken graham crackers, peanut butter, all mixed together. What's the first bit? Cool Whip. And what is that? B- uh, well, I, I think it's like a cream thing. Okay maybe it's squirty like a cream like squirty cream i think it's squirty mm. cream yeah mm. they're american so mm. they're based in america so i imagine yeah cool whip mm. broken graham crackers peanut butter all mixed in. it sounds quite nice actually kind of creamy mm. i'm not sure peanutty maybe we should try it out we'll have to do, maybe we'll do it for one of our yeah snack out of it uh, in the future but Let's get back to the serious pigs. So, I have two things for us. These first ones are called Schnacking ham. Mm. They're air-dried ham from outdoor bred British pork. Air-dried. Yeah. Should we try <laughs> <laughs> Should we try this. Oh.
0: Smells Ooh, very hammy. Yes. It's just smell. Can I just go for it? Just go for it. So it's got a bit of consistency like smoked salmon, but a bit more dried.
3: No, it's kind of
0: soft and flaky, isn't it? A
3: bit like pastrami or something.
0: I would put that on a cracker with some cream cheese or something.
3: Or chorizo. Yeah, it's a bit chorizo, isn't it? Yes, it is, yeah. Mm. What's it say? It's all done in the best possible taste. Is it good for you? (laughs) Is it good for you? Let's have a look. What does it say? Um, oh, it's not going to say it's bad for you, or is it? It's British, mm. high in protein, low in carb. Okay. So imagine it's that's the good bit. Mm. Mm. It's kind of kind of nice. They're all a bit meaty. There's no, yeah. sorry, vegan fans. There's no, nothing vegan in this for you today. It is. It, it's basically. Chorizo, isn't it? But it's chorizo. Mm. They also do like a cheese, like an air-dried cheese Mm. as well. But I didn't get that. But you, you could take that to a festival, couldn't you? You could, yeah. You Uh, could put that on a pizza. Yeah, I think it's quite versatile. Mm. You can have it as like a little snack, but you could Mm. also do something with it as an Mm. ingredient. Mm. And um, I quite like it. Quite like the fact there's a little pig with a monocle on the front it's quite peppery mmm yeah quite spicy so this next one from the serious pig is schnackling sh- and it's oven roast crackling from outdoor bread british pork sea salted and it says serious snacking on this roasted strips of seasoned crunchy pork crackling serious pig snackling <laughs> Is hand cut, oven roasted, expertly seasoned to give the best possible taste. Our meat is guaranteed high welfare from British farms where pigs enjoy a higher quality of life, out with the scratchings and in with the real crackling. Do you think they know about Kenny Everett? <laughs> in the best possible I, taste. I hope so. <laughs> Although I think these
0: the but, spirit of Kenny Everett is living on through these snacks.
3: Through the for, for some, some pork crackling, <laughs> I'm sure he would approve. I think they could make the the actual packaging a little bit camp, mm. a little bit camper than it is. But I do quite like the pig with the monocle. Um. Anyway, shall we? Because you like a pork scratching, don't you? I love pork scratching. So let's yeah. let's see what this schnackling crackling is all about.
0: Mm. oh yeah you have sound yourself barely with these I love these hmm
3: they're actually really good aren't they mm. they're quite crunchy mm, delicious because sometimes with pork scratchings they are a bit they can be a bit fatty and soft can't they mm. and not so I don't mind that if you get like a bit of the fatty soft bit with the with the real crunch. Mm. These are really crunchy. Mm. Quite difficult to eat if you've got false teeth. I would imagine. <laughs> you, if you, I'm, if, not if, I'm not there yet. I'm not there yeah either. Thank goodness, Touchwood. Mm. <laughs> if you if you do, maybe go for the yeah we've the got the stacking ham. There's so for the here. softer palate, go yeah. for the snacking ham. <laughs> <laughs> but for the harder palate, go for the the schnackling. <laughs> yeah, I'm well
0: into these crackling ones.
3: What do you like about Paul?
0: Like, it feels quite indulgent and wrong. Mm. I like. I like. It's salty, isn't it? I like anything that's very really salty.
3: Mm. It's really, they're quite Moorish, aren't they? Mm. You you kind of want to have more and more and more. Mm. But yeah, there you go. Serious pigs, for all you serious pigs out there. I have some questions for us as well. Okay. And our final Queens of Agony Mm. of this season. I'm just going to finish this serious pig. (laughs) Keep jumping on the serious pig, Tommy. (laughs) Um... So but uh, we do I, I mean thank you thank you for those uh, people that responded to uh social posts about snack out of it. We sometimes don't get very many responses. I but, got uh sorry I got
0: uh, I just changed well just going back to the snacks. I got a, I got some I got a holiday present because my mum and dad went to Butlins. For their Christmas holiday. Right. My parents are quite working class and they came mm. back and said it was quite common.
3: <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> but they brought me back some um fudge and shortbread with the uh, Pontins holiday camp. Oh. Amazing. From, the, from the camp. Yeah. A picture it? of the camp. I haven't actually opened it. I think I might re-gift it. <laughs> Unless you want to use it for this (laughs) future.
3: Butlins. Yeah. Schnack out of it.
0: Yeah, it's actually Pontins, not Butlins. Pontins, yeah. Which I don't know which one's worse.
3: I think Pontins is kind of the lowest. Mm. Yeah. Bless them. Uh, we never went to Butlins. I only ever went to Pontins when I was a kid, so
0: Well uh, we never went, but now my parents Did they go for Christmas? Yeah, they went for like four days. Over the Christmas period. Yeah. They went on Christmas Eve and they came back two days later. Wow. Yeah.
3: And what was it like? Um, was it a seaside one? Yeah, well, it's like in Western
0: Superbair. Oh, okay. They didn't have to go tr- very far. Right. They, You know, they tra- they lived 20 minutes away in Clevedon. <laughs> they could have just gone back <laughs> if they'd they forgotten s- something. But they stayed there. They just didn't want to do any cooking, and I can kind of get that, really. Yeah. Um, there was, like, a lot of line dancing, right. a panto, loads of bingo, they said. Oh, amazing. Um, they... They're not into bingo. So they were just a bit over that already. I think they said that they went from feeling like this is the best value and we're going to do this again to actually getting quite sick a bit quite quickly.
3: <laughs> well, I imagine four days is yeah, quite a, bit a long time. Mm-hmm. I probably would have gone home boxing day. Mm-hmm. Especially if I only lived 20 minutes away. <laughs> <laughs> but there you go. It's a top tip. If you don't want to cook at home, get a Pontins.
0: Yeah. It's like f- it works out roughly... £40 pound a head for accommodation and all your food.
3: That's crazy. Yeah. Probably cost me £40 pound a head to have Christmas dinner at home.
0: Yeah, but you got all the fancy
3: trimmings. Yeah, all, all, it's all from Marks and Spencers. Yeah. yeah. Right, so, Queens of Agony. <laughs> this first one's quite serious, so I haven't given him any kind of... Comedy from at the end of this because I think this guy suffered enough. Anyway, dear old Queens, Hmm. I'm a younger gay guy and I don't feel good about myself. When I was at school, every gay guy was a twink. I, on the other hand, have always been a bit chubbier. So I felt terrible when they made fun of me for my size and not being gay enough. And obviously, none of them would ever date me. So it hasn't done much for my self esteem. Now I'm a bit older, I don't think much has changed. So in conclusion, how do you wise older gays stay positive about your body? This is quite... I feel quite bad for this guy, because it's... The thing is, is, when we were at school, we were ribbed for being gay. Mm. So I was called perf and fairy and mm. posh and whatever by supposedly straight peers. Mm. But now the gay ones are doing it to each other, mm. I feel like because I've done some
0: workshops and stuff in schools, and I just don't think that level of like bullying it really exists much anymore. But like, like you say, it probably is ingrained within the community. Yeah, whether that community is like younger gay men or yeah, or, um, but it does make me feel like those ideas around. What your opinions about what you have around yourself they mm. they are like I feel like you can move forward with that because I'm sure that when he says things that not much has changed mm. like actually he could find people that would actually adore the fact that he is like he says a bit chubbier or yeah. those things if he was able to change his mindset which is a really hard thing to do mm. um, but he could be appreciated for not being a little twink.
3: Yeah I think it's really interesting because when I and it wasn't just at school it was like my family as well I was called like big girls blouse or you know bigger boned Mm. or ugly and and those things which which are said to you as a kid really you have to do a lot of work on yourself to get Mm. around that Mm. but they still stick with you like my Bodies of Swarmier uh, kind of still is with me to a certain extent as I get older. Mm. And even when I first came out, so when I first came out, it was all about being a twink and being pretty. And I was never really a twink. Mm. And, and so I had a lot of issues around coming out. That, so I really feel for this guy because I think... what
0: I've, I've just stuck up for Christmas presents myself. I bought the Jonathan Van Ness audio book. Oh, right. <laughs> And they start it by saying, um, you know, this book is dedicated for anyone who ever feels or has been told that they're not worth it. Yes. Um, And I just think it's a beautiful way to start a book. And it feels like... So I've only listened to the first chapter. Yeah. But I feel like that book might be a really good way to hear someone's story, how they've gone through being so so jonathan says that they were like a little chubby little boy mm. that was really into like um russian gymnasts gymnastics and yeah. like being a cheerleader and all these kind of like really didn't fit in with what was expected of them yeah. in that time um at school but they've kind of managed to become this really amazing beautiful person that everyone is like what does Jonathan think? You know? Yeah. And I think that I've I just felt like when I was listening to it, like this could be a real like life changer book for some people. Yeah. If they really listened. Yeah. So I would say like get that book. Yeah. And try and learn from someone that's that's gone on that journey.
3: Yeah. But I also I think from my point of view, I would say to him that things do get better as you get older mm. because you, you do do a bit of work on yourself over the years and you do feel more comfortable in your own skin and then you realise that people do love you for you mm. no matter what you look like, mm. you know. And and it's about cherishing yourself a little bit more.
0: Mm.
3: And it, it doesn't matter what all of these... Uh, I mean, I would say that these people probably have hang ups themselves, which is why they're making fun of you. Mm anyone who points a finger at somebody else is because it's because they're damaged themselves in mm. some way and they're mm. they're pointing out their own kind of fears and foibles to highlight them in other somebody else to try and make themselves feel better because they actually don't feel very good about themselves mm. so the key is to ignore all that and feel good about yourself mm. and maybe the Jonathan Van Ness book is a way to do it mm. It sounds like a brilliant book.
0: So. Yeah, I mean, I, as I say, I'm just first chapter in, but I felt like it was like a beautiful, positive thing to have, especially at this time of year. Yeah, when you are feeling a bit inside your own head.
3: Yeah, it's dark. Mm. It's yeah, you're, you're maybe not going out as much, mm. and you not feeling as fabulous as you were mm. in the summer. Mm. So yeah, so that's a great mm. that's a great suggestion, Tommy. I have another question. Uh, slightly lighter hearted hopefully dear old queens i've only ever had friends with benefits as i've always felt like sex shouldn't be connected with love but now i have a friend with benefit who says he's straight what a joke in brackets we've been meeting for sex for like three years now in that time he has dumped a lot of girls and found a new one however Lately, I've been more and more attracted to him, and I don't know what to do. I think I'm falling in love with him. What's the best way to deal with this situation? And that's from My Heart is Melting in Rotherhide. Oh.
0: I don't know why you think that's lighthearted. Well, it's, not. <laughs> it's quite sad as well. It is quite sad. I have sad. been in that situation myself. Yeah. And I would say either cut them off. Mm. Or just really treat it as what it is, because I don't think this person's in up for changing. Mm. They've got a they're in their, trajectory, yeah, and they're sticking to it, really.
3: Yeah, this guy's obviously uh, maybe a little bit scared of how he feels about guys of the same sex, mm. but it sounds like they've been seeing each other for quite a long time. Mm. But you also don't you don't get quite a, you don't really get a
0: picture of what that that relationship is are they like just meeting for sex
3: or are they having a cuddle and watching a film at the same time or like i'm assuming from what he said he's just sex Mm. but there must be something more there after three years surely also is this guy falling in love with him because you know we always want what we can't have Mm. in a way But also, like, does he actually know much about this
0: person? Because it's quite possible to meet someone for three years, have sex with them, and still don't know what their political opinions are or, like, what their taste in music is or, like, all those things that are so fundamentally important, like, when you're actually trying to build up a relationship with someone. Yeah. Very important. Mm -hmm. I think this It, It feels like he might be
3: putting something on this guy i think he's feeling like he's scared of losing this guy in whatever way he has him Mm. and that's what's kind of distilling his feelings towards him but also if he is feeling this way about this guy maybe he wants a relationship Mm. And maybe Friends With Benefits isn't cutting it for him anymore. Mm. And he wants something a bit more. Mm. Although he seems very clear-cut about this, because he says, I, I've always felt like sex shouldn't be connected with love. Mm. I get, I actually get that. Hmm. But you, if you're in love with someone, you're still going to have sex with them, aren't you? Or not? Yeah, you could do. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I normally want to do that. <laughs> but... <laughs> but there's been a lot of people that I've been in love
0: with that right. because you know so much about them, you end up not having the sexual desire for them right? anymore. Ah. I've experienced that quite a lot.
3: What well, Because you know too much about them? Yeah. Is that why you sometimes don't reveal all of yourself to someone? Yeah. Because that's happened to you with somebody else?
0: Yeah, but also it's just it doesn't feel like it's worth it. Right. Because, like, they don't really need to know that. Yeah. I feel like, so for me, I feel like there's such a lot of idiosyncratic things about, like, the type of things that I like and the vibe that I go off. That it's so unlikely that I'll meet someone that feels those things. Right. That gets interested in those things. Mm. That I don't really um, feel like it's worth sharing. Right. Because I have all my friends for that.
3: Yes. And that, and that's the other thing that we've talked about before, mm. that you can have multiple... Th- there are multiple relationships in your life that can be important to you. It doesn't have to be that one relationship, which is the be-all and end-all mm. for everything. And mm. sometimes too much onus is put on that. Mm. So what are we going to say to this guy? What Do you think he should just cut his losses and run? Yeah, I would say like that, or try and
0: explore relationships in other avenues but maybe keep this one just in a sort of compartmentalised um, aspect of your life that's quite tidy and that can be kind of yeah, taken what, out. Yeah, because whatever you feel for retirement. this guy. I'm so, I'm, Hello. I'm a bit belchy but that's that wasn't
3: my belch. <laughs> <laughs> it's quite a cute
0: belch if it was. <laughs>
3: um, I think, yeah, I think this guy is, however you feel for this guy, he doesn't feel like doesn't feel the same way if he's going off with women i mean it obviously feels like he wants relationships with women but he doesn't want that with men he just wants sex with men
0: yeah but also it could be that he's you know got certain standards that he wants to conform to that might be about like his family or his work or his lifestyle in general he doesn't really feel like that that having a same-sex relationship would work in that context but that's not I guess I'm feeling like that's not his prob that, that that's the person that wrote in that's not that's not their problem. No. So they need to let him just get over that or or just be in that situation for their for the,
3: their entirety. Yeah, but sounds like he's got himself in a bit of a muddle with all of that, really. Um but yeah, anyway, hopefully that's helped compartmentalize or get out. <laughs> that's what we're saying. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, and our final queens of agony question for this season Uh, dear old queens so i've been looking online and it seems like most guys identify as versatile but i found that most i would like to hook up with really only did one or the other is it that people are ashamed of their role or they only want to bottom for me or what Is there some hidden secret that most people just have one role that they're comfortable with? What are your thoughts on this? And this is Confused Spinning Top in Trumpton. (laughs) I like the name. Someone recently said to me, oh,
0: did you know that Bristol has got a huge problem because there's not enough tops to go around? Did you say... Was it you that said this to me? I don't think it was me. But I think think you're absolutely right. And and I was like, oh, I didn't know that was the
3: thing. (laughs) It does feel like Bottom City sometimes, yeah. But I I don't know. Have you experienced this? Does everybody everybody say they're versatile? I, I don't think they're... I am versatile which means I like both it doesn't mean I like one or the other but it it depends who I'm with
0: yes I would feel the same way really I would say I'm more of a bottom than a versatile Mm. but I can versatile in the right context yeah and enjoy it of course yeah I wouldn't rule it out I don't put that on my thing because I just don't think it's It's part of my sexual identity because it depends on who I'm with. Yeah,
3: but this guy reckons... I mean, maybe this guy's just such a dom top that everyone just wants to bottom for him, (laughs) which I don't see as a problem, really. Or or is he wanting to be
0: topped? Like, I wonder what, like... This might sound really stupid question, Mm. but, like, I wonder what he actually looks like on whether the physical appearance is conveying something around how people perceive him to perform sexually. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Like because I think that can be quite a,
3: quite a handicap in that way. I think you're absolutely right. I a friend of mine is very masculine, and he's he's a bottom, and everybody just assumes that he's a top because of how masculine he is, mm. but he he's not. Mm. And I think he had found that a problem over the years. That Everyone just assumed that he was a top.
1: Mm.
3: And I I guess that's why you have that little section on the on the gay apps, Mm. isn't it? Yeah,
0: because you shouldn't actually sort of go, oh, I look at your face and I think that that's what you are.
3: Yeah. I mean, I know most people don't read those sections, but maybe we should start reading them. I think it's funny when they say, please
0: read the profile. And then like, or something like that. And then it's like you read it and you're like, well, I didn't think that was a particularly good read. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, I don't
3: know anything more about you. <laughs> I mean, if you have seen any of my profiles? I give, I give you bang for your buck. I mean, the pictures are great, <laughs> but i I fill them out like I think yeah. my scruff profile is like war and peace because it's so long, okay. but it's been a work in progress over the years, mm. and it's quite funny and you know uh, but hopefully it gives people an insight into how my brain works, maybe yeah, I'm not on scruff I don't know i I hate it when people kind of dictate things they don't want this, and they don't want that mm. And I'm like, well, you know, aren't you just cutting off loads of people by just assuming that... Yeah, because I think that things change and you can't really rule
0: out that. that. So I wouldn't want to put that out there
3: because I don't want to live by that. Yeah. Also, for me, it's an instant turn off because it just... Tells me a lot about that person, mm. and it's just like I, I'm not sure I want to well, so you know who know, that person yeah, is.
0: I would imagine that if you're heading in that direction, it, it's quite fun to not know so much. You know, totally. Yeah. Um, so why do we have to like have a
3: blow-by-blow account of what's going to happen next? I don't know. Mm. Maybe it's just the world we live in. Yeah, you know, with all the apps and. Mm online and everything everything's so instantaneous mm. you want to know whether you're going to fancy someone instantly or not so what's our advice to this person well <laughs> i can't remember what the question was now <laughs> well he was asking if like being versatile is a misnomer oh okay and actually people are either top or bottom but i i, I don't Why think didn't he changed his name to like verse 82 or something just put it out there immediately yeah but and maybe in his like description go i may not top hmm I look like a top, but maybe I'm not. Yeah. Those are sound words of wisdom. Yeah. And then it kind of gives everybody the option, doesn't it? Yeah. Also, you don't have to you don't have to do anal all the time. So there's lots of other stuff that you can do. I think there's something about this guy where he obviously looks like a dom top. That's why everyone wants to bottom for him. Did you send a picture? He didn't send a picture. <laughs> <laughs> It'd be great if they did. But maybe I'll follow up and yeah. say, can you yeah. send a picture yeah. and maybe we'll redo this question <laughs> at a future date. <laughs> anyway, thank you, Tommy. This is a, a final episode. I might do mm. another episode where we're gonna have... shake my hand then. <laughs> I'm gonna shake your hand. <laughs> um Well, I'm going to do another episode, maybe, of bits that we've missed out and some of our best bits Mm. as a little... And worst. And maybe the worst bits that that I've cut out. Mm. (laughs) Maybe you could play
0: the whole episode where you didn't actually record me speaking. We we have
3: a lost episode (laughs) where it just recorded me and not Tommy, so but yeah maybe i'll just release that one Mm. so it'll just be me and then they could (laughs) actually
0: just fill in the gaps
3: yeah they they could pretend to be it's like an interactive version of the show i'm gonna think about that (laughs) but we're gonna have a couple of months break but we will be back um hopefully in spring summer and uh, thank you all for listening and supporting us uh and please tell all your friends about us like share subscribe um you can buy a t-shirt to help us uh, finance our podcast it costs money to do this shit and um or you know become a patreon and maybe you'll get some special extra bits if you do that mm. anyway um but for now happy new year to everyone and uh, say goodbye tommy goodbye Goodbye. We'll see you next time. I'm just finish on Port Scratch. <laughs> Bye.
0: Bye.
3: You have been listening to What? That Old Queen? Presented by Tom Marshman and Bernie Hodges. The show was produced by Bernie Hodges in January 2020 for Hodge Podcasting. If you would like to discuss sponsoring this podcast, or you'd like to be a guest, or you just have a question for the Old Queens, please email hello at thatoldqueen.com or find us on Facebook, Instagram or Twitter.